You've got this, gonna rock this Ain't nobody gonna stop you from living the life that you choose You're confident, you're fearless Don't question your spirit You're the only one who's gotta walk in your shoes You've got the tools, you're not alone You've always been your baby's home Bring them into the world in your own Bring them into the world in your own Hey there, welcome back to the No Fear Home Birth Podcast. This is episode number 10. Today, you'll hear two very different home birth stories from holistic self-love coach for moms, Michelle Askustermarsh, which I'm probably butchering. (laughs) In this episode, we talk about hyperemesis, gravidium, the impact of self-care or lack of self-care and what that can, like how that can affect you during pregnancy, home birth in the middle of a move, and so much more. Before we get into today's episode, I'll give my standard disclaimer that this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only, isn't a substitute for individual medical or mental health advice, and doesn't constitute a provider-patient or coach-client relationship. Also, these episodes describe personal experiences and won't necessarily apply to you in your own personal situation. As you explore and plan for your own home birth, I hope you'll seek out other perspectives and experts and consult your own intuition as well. I'm your host, Megan R. Cooper, and without any further ado, let's get into today's episode. Michelle, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. You have had two different home birth experiences, and I think it's going to be so valuable for my audience to hear your stories. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about about you and your family. Wow. Um, so I'm Michelle, and as you can tell from my accent, I'm from England. <laughs> um, I've got two boys who are 10 and 6. So mum mom of boys, they keep me very busy, very entertained, and Oh, just they're just my absolute world. Um, as well as my husband, who we've been married for nearly twelve years. And yeah, we live in the south of, of England. And I'm an intuitive pregnancy and motherhood coach and so holistic therapist and coach with twenty years of experience in helping women, well, actually everybody, but specifically these days women and mums and pregnant ladies to prioritize their self-care um so I've had a long background long history of massage therapy um and I got to the point with that where I no longer felt I was giving them enough like they'd have their massage and then they go away and the next time there was no actual change in their lives so now it's all about empowering them to to make that change themselves and giving them the holistic tools and rituals and practices to to integrate their own self-care and look after themselves. So they are tip top in tip top condition for looking after their kids, their families. And of course, role modeling that to their kids as well. I love that. Um, and I would suspect I could be wrong that, um, your birth experiences and your pregnancies, your birth, your transition into motherhood have, have sort of guided you on that path. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, they, I mean, they are really the reason for my path, which at the time I was in massive survival mode during, during my first pregnancy. Um, so I, I suffered with hyperemesis gravidarum, which is extreme nausea and vomiting during pregnancy. And it was untreated and I hadn't even heard of the term at the time. And I just thought, I've got really bad morning sickness. Like I'm just really unlucky and I muddled through, like literally dragged myself through my pregnancy. And I can't even remember much of it. I spent most of my time curled up on the bathroom floor or at work trying to stay at my desk, but mostly in the toilet <laughs> and just, oh, it was just horrendous. Um, so that is really what's prompted me on the journey of helping pregnant women and, and by popular demand, now the mums, because now the mums are saying, oh, I want some help too. <laughs> 
um so yeah so my my first birth as well was first pregnancy was really traumatic um and consequently my first birth didn't go to plan and it was planned as a home birth uh, which I wasn't in the right headspace for I wasn't calm I wasn't my mind and my body weren't connected and my myself and my baby weren't connected and it was just taking forever and the baby was just spinning around not able to find his way out and hours went by and I was um checked another couple of hours went by and I was checked and there was no change at all and she just said look you're getting so exhausted now um I think we should take you to hospital instead so that's so that's um roughly what happened so it was lovely and peaceful at home until then yeah so then moving on to my second pregnancy that was a completely different experience completely I mean I I chose to make it a different experience because I didn't want to repeat of history I had high premises again by which time I knew about high premises I was refused medication um so it was up to me to use my tools that I know as a holistic therapist to actually pull myself through and you know navigate my way through this rough time and use a lot of mindfulness a lot of breath work a lot of meditation journaling that kind of thing to get me through um and the result was I was in a much calmer headspace I felt amazing as as a pregnant woman I actually managed to like work overtime (laughs) during my pregnancy um because I wasn't so exhausted I wasn't ill all the time um the the sickness didn't last as long and I had an absolutely beautiful home birth even though (laughs) we were having major house renovations okay so your first home birth well one you were struggling with undiagnosed I don't even know how to say the word but hyperemesis (laughs) gravidarium yes yeah Yeah. or hg for short (laughs) exactly thank you um, which is incredibly difficult, um, you know, to, to navigate. And I think pregnancy itself, especially as a first time mom, you don't really, you feel a little bit, um, oftentimes like, um, you're not sure. I don't know if, is this how things are supposed to be? Are they not? I'll just sort of, <laughs> I'll just sort of go with the flow type of a thing. Um, like you said, you thought, well, I guess I just have really bad, um, morning sickness, but then you had this, um, so essentially throughout your pregnancy, you felt pretty disconnected. You had your home birth experience. You, you labored at home for a long time and eventually um your midwives said we better go to the hospital so what did that look like you know when you went to the hospital and and how sort of that birth experience finished out and then I would love to hear as well um what it looked like as you were processing that birth experience and thinking about your and leading up to your next one and and sort of how you decided let's let's try this again yeah okay well I'll, I'll start right from the beginning then so my my waters broke at home at four o'clock in the morning and it was like like I'd wet the bed <laughs> the best advice my mum ever gave me was to make sure I have a waterproof sheet over my mattress <laughs> leading up to that and she's given me lots of great advice but that was a piece of gold that she gave me and I just felt so excited I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna meet my baby this is you know my husband I'm gonna meet the baby he's coming he's on his way and um everything was great and you know we we found the midwife um or the hospital because that's where the midwife office was based um and they sent somebody along, I don't know, maybe nine o'clock in the morning or so. And I was there bouncing along on my ball and everything was beautiful. Um, and I felt so calm and she was sprinkling lavender around my house, essential oil around my house. And it was just perfect. It was just so lovely. 
And then, um, yeah, and then, I mean, there was just no progress at all, like, for hours. I mean, it started progressing, and then it just stopped. It just stopped. So leading up to, from that moment when she said, I suggest, you know, we'll give it another couple of hours, and then I think we need to call an ambulance because you're getting exhausted. By this time, it was it was about maybe nine and seven in the evening, I think. So I've been going, like, my water's broken. It's sort of started ramping up. I never know what the correct, you know, labouring terms are, you know, the phases and everything. But <laughs> um, for me, it started at four in the morning and by seven o'clock at night, that's when she said, right, we'll give it another couple of hours. And those words of, you need to probably think about going into hospital, you're getting exhausted, sent me into sheer panic mode. Like my body, I just, I do remember that very clearly, although like the rest of it is quite a blur now. I remember that feeling, that sinking feeling very clearly. My my stomach, you know, like my heart just went into my stomach. Oh my gosh, I don't want to go to hospital. You know, I'm supposed to be having a home birth. This is what I want. This is, why isn't it happening? And then you go into this spiral of my body's failing me. Like, why, what's going on? Like, why won't my baby come out? What's wrong with me? <laughs> I'm supposed to be able to do this. Um yeah, so then, yeah, and the hospital ride was not great. It was so uncomfortable. And then, like, literally going to hospital in a unfamiliar surroundings, because that's the absolute beauty about being at home, is that you have everything you need. Like, I had a lovely, you know, clean bathroom. I have my bed. I have our spare room. I have my ball. Um, the midwife, bless her. And you, well, when you have a home birth in the UK, you, in the UK, you tend to have more than one midwife with you so you get vip treatment and it's just incredible um and i mean yeah like she had the time to sprinkle lavender around me she had time to make me crumpets because i suddenly had the hankering for some crumpets and um and my husband was going to go and get them and she said she said no 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 you you stay with michelle you need to be with michelle i'll go make the crumpets where is everything kind of thing and she went and she brought me back these crumpets um, so that was when I was still bouncing, but still, you know, not, this is quite late in the evening, but sort of quite soon before she said, <laughs> need to think about, you know, what we're going to do here to progress. Um, so yeah, so in hospital, everything was unfamiliar. The room was boiling hot. Um, I was strapped to a fetal monitor. I was pumped with, I don't know what, something to make, I make, you know, like, like an induction to make the contraction stronger. And like the pain levels just intensified so much. And then, um, and I was still there trying to bounce on my ball and walk around because that's what my body wanted to do. My body didn't want to sit on the bed, lie on the bed, whatever. I wanted to walk around. I wanted to go to the window and get fresh air, but I couldn't because the flipping monitor (laughs) kept stopping and going wrong and everything. And, um, and so that sent me into more panic. So, um, then I had all these people coming in. I don't even know who they were. <laughs> and the empowerment just disappeared. You know, at least at home, things weren't going right. But and in hindsight, would I have stayed at home? Yeah, knowing what I know now, I probably would have stayed at home, to be honest. Um, because I think if I'd connected, you know, calmed my nervous system using the tools that I know, and you, you probably you know, no and everything. If we use those, those tools to calm the nervous system, then I reckon I could have done it. I know I could have done it. Um, we could have done it. You know, the baby would have been all right. I was just in, but as I said before, fight or flight, you know, my body was tense and it just wasn't happening. And the mind body connection is so incredibly important. Um, especially during birth, you know, and one of the benefits of home birth is it's more likely to have an undisturbed birth where you can get into that flow and that connection and, and everything versus in the hospital. It's constant disruptions. Like you said, there's people coming in. You don't even know who they are. You're hooked up to all these different things. I mean, I would say it's nearly impossible to sort of get into that mind body connection that you kind of need to be able to birth your baby yeah and thinking back I mean I remember this one time in the hospital where I really felt sheer panic like 
I just was so overwhelmed, so stressed about the fact that I'd had all these people coming and taking my blood. And I, and I just sat in the corner of the bed and I was like, Gary, take me to my safe place now. <laughs> because I, I, cause I told him before, that was like part of our you know birthing plan that I had this safe space. It was like a, a picture. It was, it was a, a, an area somewhere we went on our honeymoon. It was just like this little spot on the beach. And it was... I, just, I told him that like, if I get into trouble, please help me get to that place so I can calm myself down again. And yeah, it was just so overwhelming being being in the hospital. And I had a natural birth. I did have a natural birth. Um, uh, well, birth all birth natural, but like a, 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 um, a vaginal birth. Um, and he came out very fast in the end. Like he literally flew out. Which, which then she's like, stop pushing, stop pushing. I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, I have no control over this right now. No control. Um, and he supermaned out. He was so desperate then to get out. <laughs> um, but he, yeah, I needed stitches. I, I had second degree tear, which was a very undignified thing of like getting that sorted out. And she stitched me and then I needed, she was a trainee stitcher <laughs> so then she left me in stirrups for hours because the midwife who was supposed to check her off <laughs> check off her work was delivering another baby in another room oh my and goodness. I was just like oh for goodness sake <laughs> this isn't that supposed to be but despite it all despite it all my baby our baby <laughs> um he I, I was able to breastfeed straight away like we he was on my chest and he literally it was honestly it was one of the most magical moments I've ever experienced in my life when he was put on my chest and he somehow wriggled up to my boob <laughs> and drank and I was so lucky in that respect from that like, we never had a problem with breastfeeding and that was just amazing he was hungry baby well he worked <laughs> he worked really hard to get out to get out into the world he did <laughs> he was like I'm trapped I can't get out oh and he was born on his due date as well which is really rare because only five percent I think of babies are born on that's very cool so then as you um well tell how did how did you process what were your feelings and thoughts around how that birth experience went you know how what did that processing look like for you after afterwards when I had the baby well, obviously I was just so relieved that he was here and that I was really in love with him because because of the traumatic pregnancy and the severe sickness. Um, and like I wasn't eating properly because I couldn't eat and everything. Because of all of that trauma, I was terrified I wouldn't love him. And I was just in hysterics at times, like saying to my husband, what if I don't love him? So yeah, so that was great um and I don't think I really processed it at the time I think I was so busy and wrapped up in you know being a new mom trying to you know answer to all his demands no wishes whatever his needs his needs (laughs) um and also trying to live my life and be the independent woman that I was once was you know before I had a baby in all honesty, I don't think I really thought about the birth too much. It's only when I got pregnant again that that's when I started thinking about it and realised I have to do it differently. <laughs> oh, actually, I think I think um, when when he was about five months old and I, I did a, a massage CPD, um, con- continuous professional development course for pregnancy massage. And at that point, that's when I kind of really acknowledged what an amazing thing my body had done because I hadn't really, I'd taken it completely for granted, everything, the whole process completely for granted. I mean, I still managed to birth my baby at the end of the day and it wasn't in the place I wanted to birth him and it didn't go the way I had imagined it would go. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Like, you know, when you've got this idea in your head of what it's meant to be like and it doesn't, go to plan I did I just took the whole thing for granted really because I had him and then I was still busy trying to get on with my my life you know and and it was when when he was five months old that's kind of really when I 
when it hit home that my life is completely changed and this is my reality now and although I was an amazing mum to him and I like I was so in love so in love with him my husband and I you know we totally on the same page of parenting he was really hands-on dad absolutely amazing and I had an amazing support from him family and friends and everything but I realized that you know this is my reality and I I I had completely neglected myself but at that point I didn't I couldn't I didn't realize I neglected myself and I just spiraled into depression like loss of identity and um it was when my my mid my health visitor because in the UK, two weeks, we, we, um, the midwife care has ended and then you go into health visitor where they come to the house and or you go to the doctors or doctor's surgery or whatever. Um, she said, you've got postnatal depression at my eight-month check. So for that three, five months to three, eight months, three months was completely, oh, I don't know, I just didn't know who I was anymore. Um, and again, I think that was all as a result of the trauma of the pregnancy, the trauma of the birth. I, I wrap my pregnancy and birth up, really, that first one as, as like a, <laughs> as a package. Um, and not one, I mean, I think the pregnancy triggered the birth, not going to plan. And yeah, and then the whole package and the way I dealt with that and how I wasn't in a calm state of mind then triggered the postnatal depression. What did it look like when you you know, got pregnant with your next son and how, and, you know, preparing for the pregnancy, how did pregnancy look and preparing for the birth? It took me a long time to even want to think about having another baby because of the, what, what I now know again, through my work now, um, was trauma. And at the time I didn't, like, I always, I always thought that trauma was oh my gosh, you know, something really, really major must have happened to you. And I didn't consider it major because I know that other people have worse experiences or, you know, better experiences, whatever. And, and I was just like, well, but I've got my baby. (laughs) But I do remember saying like right from the beginning after having our first, that we weren't going to have any more children. We, it was going to be, we were going to (laughs) foster or adopt. We weren't going to have another baby. So it took a good, well, we, I fell pregnant when he was three. Our eldest was three when I fell pregnant, three and a half. And he was planned. He, he was, he was planned. Um, it wasn't, and you know, we, it all kind of coincided with moving house and it all just felt like the right time. Um, but yeah, I was really, really ill again, really ill. And I just remember thinking like this despair, like, oh my goodness, what have I done? What have I done? <laughs> what are we, how am I going to get through this? I can't cope if this is another 30 weeks, another, another seven months of violent sickness. Um, and then the, the midwife, the, yeah, the midwife, as I said, she refused medication for an, anti-emetic medication, the anti-sickness. She said, oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. It will pass. It's like, really like (laughs) you don't actually see you're seeing me now in a good time of day like come the evening I will be well not in not just in the evening like it was 24 hour but and yeah so um so I knew I knew that I had to do something to help myself (laughs) right so what did you do well I I realized that I had this whole holistic background and I teach other people I help other people all the time so why not start helping myself my you know like my nervous system calming techniques my my mindfulness meditation um a meditation teacher and a mindfulness practitioner massage therapist I love all of you know the therapies and things like that and and I just slowed right down I took my foot off the brake I just um I went to bed a lot earlier. I didn't push myself like, and I made sure that I slept, had a nap in the days, my days off. Um, because to be honest, normally I was like in the mornings I was not well. Um, and I was determined to have 
to home birth that that I really wanted the first time round. Um, and so we, so I, I was actually in the home birth in in the UK. We well, in my area. We've got home birth teams, and uh, so a home birth midwife came to see me right from the start when you know my checking my checking in appointment is called. And, um, so yeah, like it, it wasn't going to be a hospital birth. It was going to be a home birth, and I made that choice, and it was going to be very different. And I just got myself into a really good headspace. And it could be complete coincidence, but I really, really believe instinctively that because I was in a much calmer place, my sickness ended sooner because I wasn't constantly pushing myself, pushing myself, you know, all the time. Because that is a vicious cycle that women get into um, with hyperemesis, as I know, because I've worked with a lot of them now. Um, and I practiced hypnobirthing as well, which was amazing. And then, so I had all these techniques and I made sure that I had time for them. And I went to bed and I listened to meditations and the hypnobirthing CDs. And, um, my husband, my husband, um, he rubbed cream into my tummy every single evening in front of the fire. Cause it was, I was pregnant through winter and it was just like a really, really lovely bonding process for me and the baby for my husband and the baby and even our son um he would come and you know I give I give him a massage and and it was just such a beautiful journey really it was just really different so yeah so my there's my second son was six days late dare I say late because I know babies don't really you know the due date doesn't really matter um they come when they're ready. <laughs> um, but it's just, it is really hard when you're given a date when, when your baby's going to arrive and that date comes and goes. And I was, you know, the first one arrived on his due date. So I was expecting the second one to come on his due date or earlier, but no, he wasn't coming out. He was well comfortable. <laughs> um, so, um, oh yeah. So I, I used, um, carry sage essential oil because that's helps to um start contractions um and to be honest most evenings I went to bed contracting it was like I was in um what do they call it latent labor or slow like slow labor and then come the morning <laughs> I was like oh have I not had the baby like expecting it to have been in my sleep but anyway <laughs> um so the night that I actually properly went into labor I remember going to bed like my husband tucked me in <laughs> and he went off to watch TV. I remember saying to him, I don't think this baby's ever going to come. <laughs> and lo and behold, two o'clock that morning, that um, in the morning, everything kicked off. My waters didn't break, but um, everything kicked off. So I left my husband asleep in bed. Like this is how empowered I felt. Okay. He didn't know I was in labor. I let him sleep because I knew he was going to need the sleep. I went into the kitchen I emptied the dishwasher. <laughs> I made my son his packed lunch for nursery the next day because he was booked in for nursery anyway. Um, and I just breathed through the whole thing. I had my kitchen chair. I crouched down and whatever. And I, so I managed to do some jobs in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, meanwhile, my son and my husband were still fast asleep. Um, and at six o'clock in the morning, when my husband's alarm would have normally gone off, I went in and I said, I said, you're going to need to um, to phone your boss and, and text your boss and let him know that you're not coming in because we're having a baby. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Um, so that was that. Then I phoned I phoned my mum because every day she'd been phoning me to say, do you need me today? Do you need me to take Isaac to my eld- Isaac's my eldest son? Do you need me to take him to nursery? I was like, no, no, mum, not today. No, it's all, all fine. Um, <laughs> and then that morning I, I phoned her and I said, mum, I need you. I'm in labour. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having, having the baby. And she said, well, I'll come now. I'll come now. I said, no, no, I said, don't worry. Don't rush. It's fine. I promised Isaac last night that I'd make him pancakes for breakfast. So I'm going to make him pancakes for breakfast. <laughs> and she, she said, but, but what do you mean you're going to make him pancakes for breakfast? I said, well, I promised him he's having pancakes for breakfast and then you can come, come and pick him up. So she got around about eight o'clock in the morning. No, it must have been 
there probably was about half seven, eight actually. Took him off to nursery. He was obviously in the kitchen with me while he was, I was making the pancakes, having breakfast. I was just breathing through. It was just like second nature just for me to like grab hold of my chair, squat down for a bit, deep breathe, up I got again, flip the pancakes, you know, and it was just, wow, magic, powerful. It was like, you know, and it wasn't an issue that my son was there. It wasn't an issue that, you know, my mum, you know, was coming around and whatever. She stayed with me for a bit, rubbed my back for a bit, and then or she took Isaac to nursery. The midwife's got there about eight o'clock. She put the tens machine on my back, so I didn't have that from you know two till eight or whatever. I remember them doing a handover, by which time I was like I don't know where I was. I was on like cloud nine. I was like, whoo. I was like, it's like I've been taking magic mushrooms or something. I was like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was on cloud nine and I was, um, my happy hormones were all flooding in, which were my, I was imagining these, like, do you have M&Ms? The sweets, the chocolate. Yeah. Like all these bright colored sweets. They were all like, they were my happy hormones. Every time I contracted, I was like, Oh, M&Ms like, Oh, come on. Like (laughs) fill my body. (laughs) Um, and so the, the midwives did a handover and I just remember her saying to, um, to the one who was taking over, she's much further along than she's making out than she's letting on. And, um, I mean, I had no, no idea really. I was just doing my thing, <laughs> um, in the zone. And, um, and I remember feeling like, oh, amazing. Like just to hear that is really empowering because going back to what had happened last time, you know, I'd, I'd, um, my body just stopped, <laughs> stopped birthing my baby and stopped functioning in the way it should do. Um, hence the right to hospital. And uh, so I just remember thinking, oh, this is fantastic. Everything's going, going great. And so I was doing my, my deep breathing. I, my water still hadn't broken at this point. The TENS machine was, was a massive help as well. And that's all I had at that point, point. Um, and I remember sitting on the floor cross-legged so oh oh so what what's really interesting to say is that um so we we were having major house renovations um during my pregnancy so we we bought a a two-bedroom house and we we basically moved it around um and built a new bedroom ready for the new the new baby and we so we we moved the location of the bathroom the front door like we literally switched around it was me it was major and then we didn't did more work so we were in the middle of of work and everything from our loft space had been taken down into our lounge and I remember having this conversation with my home birth midwife before like a few weeks before the birth saying where am I going to give birth to my baby <laughs> the house is an absolute tip there's brick dust everywhere what am I going to do? She said, you'll make a nest. You'll make a nest. I was like, oh, I'll make a nest. Okay, that's fine. I'll make a nest. (laughs) So we had floor to ceiling boxes in our lounge. Um, I, I did treat myself to a cleaner before (laughs) for the last few weeks just to help me like, because it was, I mean, it's hard enough keeping on top of housework with a, you know, young child was hard enough keeping on top of the housework, regardless of what you're doing. (laughs) Um, but all this brick dust and everything, it just made such a mess. I was like, I need help. Um, so the house wasn't too messy. Um, I think she might've come the day before I went into, um, you know, everything started happening. So that was great. And the, the beauty of being at home was that I moved freely between the rooms. So between my bedroom, between the lounge and between my bathroom, my bathroom, which didn't have a door on it at the time. So I've got an interesting story to tell you about that in a second. But um, yeah, so I, I literally made a nest. I was, I moved freely and but my main sort of area was my, was my lounge, like literally like a, <laughs> a couple of meters squared in my lounge. <laughs> I had my, my essential oils going and um, music. I can't remember. Don't know if I had any music on, not sure. Um, but yeah, it was lovely. 
so at, oh yeah so I was sat on the floor in my nest and in I was doing I was having a contraction really intense by this point doing my golden thread breath um which I was just imagining this golden thread like blowing out and then as I breathed in it kind of you know disappeared or you know went all limp um I could feel this pressure it's like oh you know and then suddenly my waters broke all over the lounge floor and I had completely forgotten it took me so by surprise because I'd completely forgotten that they hadn't broken and I obviously got completely drenched got into the um into the bathroom midwife helped me take my my leggings off because I hadn't even done that I was I even had a shower before they they came like when when the midwife came I was like I need a shower I want to have a shower whereas if I'd been at hospital I wouldn't have had that option and she was fine she's like no that's fine my husband's saying why why is she why is she gonna have a shower and my boy said it's fine she wants a shower it's fine <laughs> just treated me like an absolute queen like <laughs> um not to mention the fact that I needed another one obviously <laughs> not that long later but um yeah so then I took a phone call this is a this funny quite funny story I took a phone call from a door delivery guy he was due to deliver some doors for us and I nearly put him off a couple of days earlier thinking that well I I was due, due to have a sweep the morning that I actually had the baby I thought oh no my luck he'll turn up when I'm having the sweep I was like no we need these doors on there was like nine or ten doors coming and the phone it says 10 to 10 in the morning and uh in between contractions oh hi yeah yeah deliver the doors no problem like completely normal um and my husband went outside when he came to go and help him get the doors in midwife rushed out saying gary you've got to come in she's about to have the baby (laughs) and the delivery man said your wife's having a baby what in the house and gary's like yeah yeah so but i just spoke to her a few minutes like 20 minutes ago she didn't sound like she was having a baby (laughs) I just sounded like, you know, like I do now. Um, but during the door delivery, I I was, I really needed to go to the toilet. <laughs> and um, I just didn't have a door. The midwife stood in the doorway, like trying to give me some privacy. And I had such a strong contraction, I couldn't get off the toilet. And I honestly thought that he was going to be born on the toilet, which I've learned is actually quite a common place for babies to be born, just because it's like a really natural way for the body to open. At that point, I transferred to gas and air, like the TENS machine wasn't cutting it anymore. But literally, the door delivery went, went, door delivery man went, 10 minutes later, the baby came. Me on my birthing ball, like I was on all fours over my birthing ball, back in the lounge because I did manage to get off the toilet. <laughs> By this point, I'm gas and air, so literally ten minutes at the end, and yeah, and I had three midwives with me. Um, they weighed him and everything, and then you know I delivered the placenta. They did give me the injection because I just wanted it, <laughs> um, and. Um, then they left they went and made us some tea brought the tea back in and left us for a while just to have some bonding time with our new baby and then they just checked me over checked him over there was no tears no nothing everything was perfect and um yeah, so they were with me for maybe, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and a half after he was born. Just It was just all really calm. My eldest son was at nursery still, so it was peaceful. The midwives went and, you know, by lunchtime I was sat on our sofa breastfeeding our new baby in my own home. And, yeah, and I just remember feeling so at peace and so at ease and it was just so perfect and you know so grateful for his you know the different experience the midwives that gave me treated me like a queen and and for my husband and just my mum for taking you know just it was just every everything everything was just such an amazing experience I have goosebumps (laughs) with the with is you know especially just just what with what you just described you know by noon you were sitting on the couch breastfeeding your brand new baby at home. So you went into labor about 2 a.m. and had the baby just after 10? 10. 10.20 he was born, yeah. Yeah. So 8, eight 
hours, eight, eight and hours and 20 minutes. Whereas the first one was about 23 hours from water's breaking to actual delivery, which I know like in the grand scheme isn't a, a long time for a lot of people. And I know, you know, some women have, you know, you know, 48 hours or whatever, but yeah, it was much longer. A third of the time, wasn't it? Oh, and the other thing is that he was smaller. The second baby was smaller. Just to knock that myth on the head that second baby, you know, next babies are heavier. It's not true. Mine wasn't. Mine was smaller. <laughs> um, and just as perfect, perfectly formed. <laughs> um, and, yeah, so the, the difference. So I was at, at home, difference between the first and second. I was at home um, on my own sofa my husband made me lunch, you know, like we were calm and we were in a good space and everything. The first one after in the hospital, I'm just remembering now, like talking about it. I've just remembered that after my first birth, which was in hospital. Um, so I mentioned already about being stitched up and being left in stirrups for, it was hours. It was a good couple of hours I was in that position and I was desperate to go to the toilet. And she kept telling me, no, no, you don't need to go. You have to wait. You have to wait. I was like, I can't wait. And I got so cross with her. And I said, I am going to wet myself on you in a minute. If you don't help me, like I'm literally that desperate. So she, she actually catheterized me and was absolutely shocked how much urine came out like a a litre and three quarters because I drank so much water during that during the birth experience because the room was like a sauna it was awful um so yeah so I had a shower I remember having a shower in this really skanky hospital shower that had hadn't been cleaned and you know I had a nice shower at my in in, at my home that was you know my pristine shower and um and um so I was discharged the baby was born at three o'clock in the morning and I was discharged at eight o'clock in the morning and I was brought tea and toast and that was the best cup of tea I've ever had in my life I'm going to be honest (laughs) with sugar which I don't normally have it with sugar but I needed it and um she um she they were in a rush to discharge me because they were really busy basically they needed the bed I got up from the bed and I literally hemorrhaged all over the floor because I just, when they're like, oh, oh my goodness, oh, you shouldn't be going home. They checked me over again and then decided I could go home anyway. So I was, I was actually in bed still back at home by like half past nine. My mum, blessed came to pick us up because we'd gone to the hospital in, in the ambulance. Um, she made us bacon sandwiches. She tidied up the house because it was a bit you know there was a few sheets and stuff around um did the washing up for us and I was sat in bed and that was that was the best bit really was being back in bed (laughs) so although I probably shouldn't have been released from hospital I was glad I was because I was back at home in my familiar surroundings my my nice bed you know everything thinking I should have been here all along (laughs) but yeah it was um yeah very different experiences Absolutely. I remember, I remember the the next day or a couple of days after he was born, my husband and I were making breakfast in, in the kitchen. And I just said to him, I just feel so content right now I feel so smug and so (laughs) I just feel so um like warm and glowy like I just felt felt complete and it just felt really different I felt like I had nothing to prove life was just as it was meant to be kind of thing um I mean I guess that's the beauty of having a second child as well having you know having an older child or children is you've kind of already done that transition to motherhood. So I guess it is harder first time round. but, but the thing is I didn't have any trauma, like even like the sickness, I don't consider traumatic. 
because of the way I mentally and emotionally dealt with it um the birth was just I would do that experience again okay yes it hurt like hell I'm not gonna lie but (laughs) but (laughs) I would do it again I wouldn't do pregnancy again if somebody could like say right here put this baby in you and you can give birth kind of thing I'd I'd do that um because it was such an empowering experience like I really did feel at the height of my I felt like like a queen a goddess it was uh, I was in full control but not control but not control I okay I was in full trust of my body and I I I suppose the opposite of control surrender I would completely surrender to the whole process the whole journey and um yeah it was yeah the, the postpartum journey was so different like we went we um we went off on days out just me and my my eldest son and the baby and the pram and my husband went back to work because he went to nursery still a couple of days a week but we reduced his hours so he could spend time with us before because he was starting school as well so he just wanted to make the most of time with him as well um he started school when Xavier this our youngest he was 12 weeks old so I mean the school run was quite hectic and that transition to as a school mum with a new baby that was but we did it and we you know we navigated it together and I just say like as we're a team our family are a team and you know we help each other and we you know we we um help each other through our emotions and you know check on check on each other and you know pick each other up and um just yeah yeah, so that was we we got through the school thing. That was quite a hard transition for him actually, um, more than me I think. But um, so I did I did get some anxiety, but I it was I, I it wasn't related to my pregnancy or my birth. It was something completely different, and that was when Xavier was 18 months old um and I did I I did go to my health visitor at that point and I said I need some help but that was that was actually to do with some other circumstances um to do with (laughs) our house renovations and my my grandmother being really poorly and we're we're very close we're very close (laughs) um we are very close um and yeah just it was a it was a combination of other things really and it wasn't it wasn't anything to do with birth or motherhood so worlds apart absolutely worlds apart (laughs) oh wow that is just great michelle thank you for sharing your stories um how differently birth pregnancy and birth and the postpartum period can be based on your mental and emotional health and wellness really when you were preparing for your second birth after you had had this traumatic first experience did you have any fears or doubts about your upcoming home birth or your ability to birth at home? No, I didn't because I was in such a good emotional and mental state. I felt so supported by my home birthing midwife team, by my husband. Um, the fact that you know, we'd, <laughs> we'd done these renovations and everything, although it was majorly, majorly stressful. We were providing, you know, a family home, um, which felt really amazing as well. And no, it was just pure excitement, really. It was excitement to meet him. And and the the really the really cool thing was as well the other exciting thing is that my sisters two I've got I've got three sisters but two of them are pregnant at the same time and our babies were born within two weeks of each other and mine was the middle one (laughs) so 
that was also really exciting because we had this whole this family connection around you know babies and, and everything so that was really lovely but I mean they um one of them the, the, the first sister who had the baby she she opted for hospital uh, it was her second baby no it was her first baby um and my other sister she had cesarean like she was having a cesarean because she'd had a cesarean before with a previous baby and um with her previous with her with her middle child and um yeah so even like the three sisters like we all have very very different stories and I think to be honest they thought I was crazy having a home birth but I was just like no because this is what I want you know like this is this is what is right for me and and again you know I knew I knew that the hospital wasn't far away if I needed to but actually no I was just I just knew I just knew it was going to be fine (laughs) it was going to be fine I trusted myself differently well Michelle thank you so much for coming on the podcast can you tell us where um listeners can can connect with you and follow you the best place to connect um so yeah so thanks very much for having me on there on the show it's been really lovely chatting to you um yeah you can find me um on instagram and facebook and because my name is a bit unusual it's michelle acres to march it might be easier just to look in the show notes um and megan will put put the details in there if that's okay (laughs) absolutely i will do that and thanks again michelle that's our show and i want to thank you for listening If you found this podcast helpful, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. If you're looking for help on how to interview midwives, I invite you to grab my free guide, 60 Must-Ask Questions for Home Birth Midwives. Just check out the show notes to get it. Thank you to everyone that helps make this show happen. The theme song was written and recorded by Jody Good. I'm your host and producer, Megan R. Cooper. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay fearless.